Hello and welcome to Mashmouth, a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, MASH. I'm Ethan. And I'm Vanessa. Vanessa, hello! Welcome to season three, baby, let's go! <laughs> Any other show, we'd be knee-deep in it now, but this is barely scratching the surface of MASH. We haven't even met the full, like cast yet technically that is that is wild (laughs) we're not even halfway there (laughs) oh my god but vanessa i have a question for you as we start the season last season we began with this question of what episodes would you introduce someone to mash with and i want to know if those episodes have changed since last season have you added any more or is it like relatively the same from season one So I definitely have season two more prominent in the episodes that I would show someone. I don't know, maybe because season two is still fresh in my brain. But I did look back Mm -hmm. and I do hold that uh, some of this season one episodes I would still show people. So my list is in no particular order, Divided We Stand, Deal Me Out, Chief Surgeon Who, Tuttle, and For the Good of the Outfit. That is is basically what I was going to say. That's pretty spot on. I think those are great episodes to kind of introduce someone to mash with. I will say that for like season one, I would include uh, Yankee Doodle Doctor. Great episode. I think yes. that is just a really great encapsulation of the That's whole vibe of mash. Up. Yep. And of course, uh, sometimes you hear the bullet. That is that's a little more intense, but I think it's like the perfect like hey. The show gets like serious and it gets good when it's serious. As for season two that you didn't include, I think that the sniper and like mail call are really good episodes to kind of introduce the show with because the sniper a little bit more drama, like tiny bit more, but like mail call everybody's so in character in that one. Like that is just a showcase for the characters that I think if you didn't show it, you're you're kind of missing out, you know? I feel you. I would definitely put Mail Call on that list. Like, I would say a lot could be switched out in mm-hmm. my season two list. It's funny, though. I'm going to call you out real fast because I remember last season when we were doing this intro, you were like, I wouldn't show somebody uh, sometimes you hear the bullet because that's just too intense for first viewing. (laughs) You see, now that we have like the season two episodes on there, you know, for the good of the outfit, stuff Mm -hmm. like that, where it does dive a little bit more in to this kind of topical political commentary stuff. I think including Sometimes You Hear the Bullet as like the final episode you show someone is a little bit more appropriate. Like there isn't really, from my memory, another episode in season one that kind of matches that. So Mm -hmm. like showing that would be like kind of out of left field if you're not used to it. But now that season two is such a great showcase for the show and the characters that including Sometimes You Hear the Bullet is like, okay, this is your final kind of showstopper episode to show, you know? Okay, fine. Like, sure. But <laughs> no, I definitely agree with you. Having the season two episodes in there as well just encapsulated more of the political aspect of MASH. Um, so it's not as jarring necessarily to have this like really dramatic episode in an mm-hmm. episode that you would show people. I do still think that having those funny season one episodes too are good because it just kind of encapsulates that comedy that I can't wait to 
see more of in season three because I don't mm-hmm. know I feel like the comedy changed a little bit and it definitely changed for the better but I feel like I remember it being a little bit crazier in season three too. <laughs> oh we love that we love when a show just gets a little bit more wild <laughs> notably off the list is good old cowboy uh New York <laughs> Times or whatever's favorite episode TV guide where are you at <laughs> okay okay Let's get into the season three premiere, shall we? Yes, absolutely. So, in this episode, the general flipped at dawn. When a general visits the 4077, the camp has to adjust to stricter policies he starts pushing. But soon it becomes obvious that the general isn't playing with all the stars, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Okay, Vanessa, what did you think of this episode? So I liked this episode. It was uh, really funny to see Harry Morgan, who we'll see later on in the series as a series regular, play this really insane general because it's so... You see Colonel Potter, right? <laughs> For our audience who um, knows that Colonel Potter's coming. Um, you see him in this and you see Harry Morgan kind of playing Colonel Potter a little bit. But then also it's just out of this world that this guy is just insane. So it was a very fun episode for me. So uh, I have never seen an episode with Colonel Potter in it. I knew Harry Morgan, right? Because we watched the, uh, the 30th anniversary special for our 50th anniversary special. So I, I was familiar with this actor, but... This entire episode was like, oh, do I know this guy? Was he in another episode? Has he played a general before? And then at the end credits, <laughs> it was like, Harry Morgan. I was like, wait a second. That's a guy from the future. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny to see him. And I was wondering if you were going to know that it was uh, that this was going to be a main character or this actor was going to play a main character in the future. So I was really hoping kind of that you would not know and that this would just be like a reintroduction to him when we get to him. And that would have been so a funny. A real Colonel Flag situation. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I was actually thinking that too. I'm just like, wow, this is like Colonel Flag. <laughs> they like to reuse actors, I guess. Except this one doesn't have deep lore implications of like, <laughs> oh, it's a code name. <laughs> yeah, none of that here. None of that with Colonel Potter. Maybe it's like Hawkeye's sister and like this is his secret brother or something. Okay, to get into that, actually, um, did you notice that they once again <laughs> mentioned Hawkeye's sister? Like, I'm getting so angry yes. at this. <laughs> yes, of course. This is a uh, Hawkeye just has a sister. We keep saying that, but like in the future, Hawkeye's apparently an only child. But right now, this man has a sister, a mom, a dad. He lives not in Crabapple Cove. He's a, <laughs> he's a different man in terms of backstory. And I really want to know why they decided to, like, change that, I assume, like, five seasons in. That's kind of unusual. Yeah, I think that it just probably worked with the plot better, in all honesty, to change it. But because I, I know and people who have watched the entirety of the show know why it works better but yeah i think that uh, i don't know i i liked it maybe we can still think that hawkeye has a sister like later on (laughs) i wonder if it's because so much of like the cast changes in the future that like when they're introducing these oh he's an only child kind of elements is that they're kind of treating it like it's something like a reboot i guess where you, you just kind of assume that like the audience watching all the episodes with the vastly different cast members probably have not seen the early ones where it was kind of a different show or they just like don't remember you know like like i said it it 
makes sense in the plot of the episodes later on when Hawkeye is an only child and doesn't have a mom. But yeah, I would assume that just like continuity was less kind of less important than it is in shows now because you couldn't really take to the internet and be like in season this that and the other thing in this show like on reddit or whatever my wiki yeah exactly you couldn't really watch reruns in the 70s unless they were on so you had to like seek them out to kind of understand the full scope but anyway <laughs> uh in this opening scene we get some funny stuff with a uh, hawkeye and trapper i think coming out of surgery and they're like done. They're they're spent. And I really found it funny that Trapper sits in a wheelchair and like Hawkeye wheels him around. I was like, oh, it's a, that's a mood right there for me. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I just loved how it was normal for them of just like Trapper's like, yeah, I'm going to sit and you're going to push me. And Hawkeye's like, yep, that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not even not even questioning it. I, I really like this kind of opening bit. Because Henry calls them over to say, like, hey, we have uh, we have got some things brewing in the camp, <laughs> and Radar relays this message, and they're like, uh, it's a holiday. It's Aaron Burr's birthday. Who's Aaron Burr? Oh, the guy who killed Abraham Lincoln. And then it cuts to Henry saying that the name of this general is Hamilton Steele. So that was a nice little, like, clever <laughs> little writing bit. Of, like, Aaron Burr killed Alexander Hamilton, and it's not exactly, like, stated directly, but it's a nice <laughs> little if if you know, you know kind of thing. What do yeah, you think it was about the- a very funny little history joke for all of us history nerds who know about assassinations, I guess. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I thought it was really funny also when Hawkeye and Trapper and Frank and Margaret were all in Henry's office because Henry was talking about these new policies that this general wanted to implement. And Hawkeye and Trapper were just, like, playing with this, like, string of paper clips. This episode mm-hmm. was full of, like, very physical comedy that it was very quick and very natural. And it was very funny to me. Yes. Uh, I, I like this whole bit because, you know, this is the season introduction. So having the conflict of the first episode of the third season be that they have to be more military again, I thought was, like, a really smart way to kind of reintroduce these characters. and. Did you notice that they're all kind of tan and that <laughs> Alan Alda has a little bit more gray in his hair? I'm like, oh, here it comes. Here, here he comes. The, the gray man himself. <laughs> um, No, I didn't notice that they were more tan. Um, I honestly also didn't notice Alan Alda's gray hair, but that could be because on MeTV, <laughs> uh, they've been playing older reruns of the show. So I've seen Alan Alda with like pretty gray hair for the time period and so this didn't really uh register for me (laughs) the thing is that i am still like clocked to actors getting tan after uh seasons like premieres because my mom or my sister would always watch like friends and my mom would always comment on like the season premieres of that show that they're all like ridiculously tan because they (laughs) all like went on vacation after break that's really funny. No, I did not notice that. But now I'm going to be looking for that in like all the season openers now. I'm You're never going to be able to that. not notice it. <laughs> um, so I also thought it was really funny. So I, you kind of get the sense in these scenes that like, okay, like this general is going to be implementing these policies. It's like, okay, you need to shape up, like be more regular army almost. And we've seen it in the past, you know, because they are so zany at uh, the 4077. And I thought it was hysterical that Klinger was... He was like, I have to start these mandatory exercises. Like he was excited for it because he wanted to fit into smaller dresses. 
And then I really love this Frank joke of like, because Klinger is so excited to do like army stuff, he says like, oh, Klinger's the only one with any sense around here or something similar <laughs> to that. That's a good use of your Frank right there. <laughs> this was uh, obviously, there's a status quo, everything, everything kind of always has to go back to itself in the beginning of the next episode. But as soon as they said that, like, oh, it's army regulation from now on, no more Hawaiian shirts. I'm like, okay, so this isn't going to last. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, definitely. Um, so, like, basically right after this, this general is coming to the 4077 to inspect. And Henry is like, hey, guys, I know that we said that he was implementing, he wanted these policies implemented, but now we actually have to start implementing them because he's coming to inspect. And I'm going to get in trouble if they're not being done so when he's telling the guys this he's telling frank trapper and hawkeye this i just had to note that frank of course was going to take it seriously right but he was like hey wait what about like the idiots that i live with like they're not going to take it seriously and he came into the room screaming basically and i really feel like half the reason that i hate frank so much is because he's always doing this like indignant screeching every time he's talking about something i'm like frank calm down <laughs> made me so annoyed <laughs> oh man but there was some funny stuff with that though uh one of my favorite lines in this episode that i was gonna save for later is you know he says that like his roommates are swine and then yeah. <laughs> hawkeye and trapper look at each other and say oh we're the swine brothers or you know something <laughs> similar to that i'm like oh perfect beautiful it was like we've said before, Frank has like big let me talk to your manager energy and it just, it just shows. It's true. And I'm just like, Frank, calm down. Like if it was if it was justified, his tone of voice would be perfectly fine. But the fact that it's not grates on my nerves so much. And I'm like, good for you, Larry Linville. You really played this insufferable character. Very insufferable. Uh, we love to hate him. <laughs> But like you said, you get the sense that they're reiterating all of these characters and like who they are and their personalities and stuff. You know, you have Radar's like radar sense and you didn't really get that a lot in the last season or not. Mm -hmm. Not that you didn't get it, but it wasn't made like a big deal almost. Yeah, because they, they directly call it out in this one. Like he yeah. comes in like saying choppers are here and... Henry, as if this has never happened before, is like, what do you mean, choppers? And then, like, <laughs> choppers fly in. Like, I understand that's the beginning of the new season, but, like, in context, in universe of the show, he's called Radar because he can do that. I don't know why he was, like, <laughs> wiling out about it, you know? <laughs> I think that maybe, because it was in, like, a very, like, tense moment for Henry. Not, like, super tense, but, like, tense for Henry, where he's talking about, oh, this general's coming and he wants these policies and blah, blah, blah. Maybe he just, like, wasn't thinking about it. That's, like, yeah. me defending Henry, you know? Yeah, um, I, I guess. But it's like, you know, you see also like Frank with this whole thing of like, oh, being like a patriot and like kissing ass and stuff. And then Hawkeye being the womanizer and stuff like that. And I just mm -hmm. I always like these defaults back to their characters in the season openers to like reintroduce the audience who yeah. wasn't there in the past. I always really like that. Yeah, I like this whole episode, honestly, just how they kind of handle all the characters. But anyway, it goes from this to actually seeing the choppers touch down 
And we get a little bit of an injured person uh, coming off of the helicopter. And I thought that was really interesting because we don't see that a lot. We don't get to see like actually bloody injuries all too often. There's a lot of like hospital stuff, but not a lot of blood in the show. So seeing this guy like blood all over his face, I was like, oh, okay. So that's a little bit more intense than we're used to. Yeah. And it was actually kind of, I don't want to say refreshing because that's not really the word, but it was nice to like get back to them being doctors. You know what I mean? Because in the Mm -hmm. last couple episodes of the previous season we didn't really get a lot of or scenes it was more like those like personality type of episodes so it was kind of nice to get back to those like roots of them being doctors and whatnot as nice as it can be you know you don't ever want to see like someone dying but you you, you get what i mean because mm-hmm. every episode starts with you know them rushing to helicopters and getting people off of it so it's like nice to see that in actual episode of like, okay, they they just do this a lot and they don't show it. Yeah. So going from that, we have an introduction to General Steel. And I want to know what you thought of this character because you're more familiar with Harry Morgan's performance later on in the show. And I am not. I have no idea what Potter is actually like. So how how big of a difference was this between him and General Steel? <laughs> okay, so Harry Morgan played this so well, first of all, but the differences between him and Potter were, it's hard to say because, you know, you get the whole Colonel Potter when Harry Morgan is playing him, right, throughout his run on the show. So Colonel Potter is known for these, like, really just, like, crazy things that he just spouts out sometimes, um, <laughs> like horse hockey, you know, we we uh, we all know it if we know Colonel Potter. So it was kind of similar in this episode, (laughs) this general just kind of attributing all of these quotes to like the wrong people and like just incorrect history quotes and and stuff that just didn't happen. But him being this crazy person was not Colonel Potter at all. So Mm -hmm. while it was, it felt like Colonel Potter was just kind of playing somebody else, if that makes sense. It was a very funny experience for me. (laughs) Oh, man, I can't wait to, like, experience Harry Morgan later on the show and then go back to this episode to see how different uh, (laughs) these characters, like, are from each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I love his voice so much. I was like, (laughs) oh, this is such a great, like, tone of speaking and such a funny way for, like, a general in a comedy show to speak. And I really kind of hope that, like, Colonel Potter also talks in this, like, weird way. But I don't know. So I'm excited to see the differences and how uh, they change him throughout the show when he's actually introduced as his own character. I think that you will not be disappointed if you liked the way he talked. Yes, Yes, (laughs) Um, I'm so excited. It felt like this character, General Steele, would have been somebody that Colonel Potter was like friends with, you know, back in like their good old days. You know what I mean? It's just like that's... Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I got from this character. Maybe do you think because, you know, General Steele exists like in the show and Potter exists. Do you think they're ever like, oh, we look very similar to each other? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it'll happen. <laughs> so Steele's introduction of him just kind of inspecting the camp and it's going to slowly reveal that he's not exactly of sound mind was was like pretty well done. Because just everything about him is kind of absurd, but it wasn't like played 
so over the top at the beginning that you can kind of slowly figure out that this man, this man's not all there, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, especially like when he's inspecting the troops, like you see it, or inspecting the camp, I should say, and everybody's in line and he goes up to Frank (laughs) and he's like, trim your nose hairs. And he's like, put an N for nostril. I'll know what it means. And like, that's Mm -hmm. your first sense that... He's not necessarily as regular army as we thought that he was. Or even uh, when he goes to Father Mulcahy, this is my other favorite line. I might kind of burn all my favorite lines just in discussion, (laughs) just letting you know. That he goes to Mulcahy and screams at him, there are no atheists in foxholes. And then just very quietly and very, you know, nicely in the way that Father Mulcahy does, just he responds, I've heard that before. (laughs) Incredible. Yeah, it's like as if somebody was trying to convince him that there were atheists in foxholes. Like, Father Mulcahy, like, there was no prompting for that. Poor Father Mulcahy was just like, I'm just here. And this guy just yells that at him. (laughs) And then he wanted, like, a little bit of shine on his cross. It was like, okay, this man (laughs) is just kind of... This man just kind of a, like a weirdo, <laughs> as, as the more high-ranking guys tend to be on the show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I did, like, the highlight of this whole scene was when Klinger comes out, and previously yeah. the policy had been everybody has to be in uniform, no, like, civilian clothes, whatever, whatever. So Klinger comes out in this very beautiful sundress and this sun hat, right? And... <laughs> And then he goes up to Steele, and Steele goes, not now, Marjorie, I'm inspecting the troops. <laughs> this poor man. Who did he think he was? Did he think, like, he was his wife? I don't know. I guess so. Um, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, the slow inspection of the whole camp, great all around, just all the weird things he says, and he eventually, because it kind of a running subplot, not exactly a B-plot, but just kind of a thing that Hawkeye's doing in the background, because he's not in any of these inspections. He, throughout this whole episode, is trying to, like, woo this nurse, you know? <laughs> and they're eventually, like, hiding in, like, the supply closet or something. Uh, or not a closet, but, like, a supply room. Yeah, they're in the supply tent. And they have, like, uh, you know, saltines and crackers, and they're, like, making out a bit. And then General Steele and Henry come in, and because Hawkeye's in, like, civilian clothes... He fully thinks he's a civilian, and Hawkeye just rolls with it and says he's a reporter, and he just <laughs> completely believes him. This scene was great where Hawkeye is like, I'm a reporter, and the general is just like, yeah, that's great, and then he's trying so hard to like find like a pen and paper and stuff, and Henry just like casually slips it to him, and it's like, he's writing it down, and then the general tells him, oh, say this to my wife, but don't say that in your uh, newspaper report, and all this yeah. like- really funny stuff he says tell my wife i'm sending a jeep to her and we marked as kitchen utensils that feels like a crime that feels like he committed a crime by illegally sending a jeep over that was such a throwback to when radar was mailing a jeep home (laughs) um before this scene though like right before it when hawkeye is trying to like go on this date with this nurse or like convince her to go on this date with him he is checking on his patient and he's eating a sandwich and he takes a chart from her and stuffs the sh- sandwich in his shirt pocket and it was just like 
hysterical to me. I don't know why. I just thought it was just so funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Any any sandwich humor I'm here for. Like you said, <laughs> there's a lot of good physical comedy in this one. Yeah, and like right after this, Trapper is just randomly playing the ukulele. Like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one's just like a good vibes episode. You're just, you're just having a good time with your friends on this one. <laughs> so moving from that, we kind of get like the end plot of this episode where the general is planning to move the 4077 closer to the front lines. And I fully, so it comes about to be that he is talking to Trapper and this chopper pilot. And I fully thought that he was just going to be like racist to the chopper pilot. I thought that was going to be like the point of the episode. Yeah. But I thought that it was going to be like a really overt thing. And that's how they were going to have to like deal with him and like getting him out of there. Uh, Thankfully, that wasn't the case. Um, He just was crazy instead and wanted to move them closer to the front lines, even though they are the closest unit to the front lines safely. Mm -hmm. Like they are a hospital, not an aid station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel you with uh, the racism bit. Any time that like an older character in the show interacts with any like minority character, I'm like, oh, no, this might go south. And in this episode before the end where where something kind of big happens, he does casually throw out like a racial slur in mm. like conversation with Henry. But I was kind of relieved that it wasn't like an immediate racist reaction of this man to this this pilot uh, who I liked was just like hanging out in this one. <laughs> yeah, I really liked him. He was just like he was just such a nice guy. He was just like trying to do his job, you know. But I also, like, really thought that he was going to come into the officer's club and be like, we can't have black people in the officer's club. Get out of here. I was, like, so prepared for that um, because I did not remember where this episode was, like, going, you know? Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of like a surprise reveal at the end when he, when he kind of goes off the rails and everyone is like, wait, I, I don't even know how to process this how he, <laughs> how he decides to be racist at the end. But we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. But yeah, him wanting to move the the army hospital or the mash unit, I suppose, was kind of the only real conflict of the episode because this episode is like pretty light on like actual story. It's just kind of a uh, moving from scene to scene to scene. Uh, but like him wanting to move the the mash was pretty much like the big like, oh no, we have to get rid of this guy. Not because he's taken away our Hawaiian shirts, but because he's putting our lives in danger, which is, <laughs> you know, reasonable. Yeah, literally. And so it was really funny. I thought that when Steele was like, okay, Henry and Frank, we have to go like scope out a new place for the hospital to be. And Frank's like really gung-ho on it at first. And then like as soon as there is like any kind of mm-hmm. danger or conflict, he is like, okay, no, never mind. I can't do this. Yeah, reasonable. Like, obviously, Frank is like patriot man. He's gonna go along with whatever general says of like, oh, well, if we need to be closer to the action, we'll be closer to the action. It'll make us heroes. But then the scene, General Steele has them salute at him. And that causes like these off-screen snipers to just shoot wildly at all of them with these very like cartoonish bing, bing, bing gun sound effects, which I thought was really funny. It was uh, 
Remember that scene in Breaking Bad when when Gus like walks out with everyone shooting at him? It was like that, but like the comedy version of it with just <laughs> all these people shooting guns and General Steele is just like, oh, whatever. This is my regular Tuesday for me, baby. Let's just keep riding. And I thought it was so great when he was like, the snipers started shooting and then he just like pulls out his gun. No qualms, <laughs> completely calm. He's like, Okay, and this was one of my favorite lines of the episode when he said, well, okay, we can either fight or we can have lunch. And both Henry and Frank are like, no, let's have lunch instead. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I'm pretty hungry. And then they just like leave. <laughs> the unwavering confidence of the man was was a delight to see. Yeah, that like really made this character of just like he just kept going. There was no mm-hmm. there was nothing that stopped him. <laughs> He's very clearly in his own world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So then we kind of get to like the final conflict of the episode where... It was very strange because it wasn't really like connected to this moving of the hospital at all. So the general comes back to where we have the 4077 now and Hawkeye is loading this patient onto this chopper to send him off to Seoul so that he can get better care because he started to decline and whatnot. And then Steel is like, hey, stop that chopper. I want to get on it or what? Why? Why ever he wants to get on it? I have literally no idea. He wanted to scope out the location again. He oh, wanted to okay. like look at okay. the sniper zone one more time, but like from the air. Okay, that makes sense. I, I must have missed that because I was like, I don't know why he wants to get on that chopper, but okay. Um, And Hawkeye's like, get the fuck out of here. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> Hawkeye is exactly like that. That's exactly what he says. (laughs) Anyway, the general gets like super pissed. He's like, you can't tell me that was a direct order. You can't tell me what to do. And then he starts this court martial proceeding on Hawkeye for insubordination. And I was like, wow, this is this is getting ridiculous at this point. <laughs> this episode was kind of odd structure wise, because like you said, this is kind of unrelated to like the actual conflict of him wanting to move the hospital into a dangerous zone. It's not like other episodes where, uh, you know, Hawkeye and Trapper have to scheme and get the, get rid of a guy. He just kind of implodes on his own while this is happening around (laughs) him because they do this court martial thing of like this hearing where they're sitting in a tent with a bunch of people and this pilot is there and, you know, he's talking and he tells the pilot like, okay, well, you're not in trouble because you're just following orders from a higher officer. And then, you know, the the pilot's like, okay, cool, whatever. Uh, Well, not cool, whatever, but he was like, cool. Thank you, sir. And then General Steele asks him for, like, a testimony. And then he says, but first, give me a musical number. And they're all like, what are you talking about? He's like, give me a number. He does not specify a musical number. So everyone's super confused. Everyone's like, what? What are you talking about? This is when he kind of, like, gets into the racism thing. Mm -hmm. Because the uh, chopper pilot is black, like we said. And he's like, it's in your blood to be able to, like, dance and sing. And I was like, oh, that's so, like, not necessary. That was, like... That was not necessary for this plot at all. Like, he did not have to say that. No, it was so strange because I had no idea where this was going, how this was, like, leading up to anything. And then, you know, he says the fact that it's, like, in this guy's blood. I was like, oh, he's being right. Like, I I fully did not connect the dots. And I don't think any of the other characters did because it's such a weirdly specific 
racist thing for him to do that they're all like genuinely caught off guard from it and then he just kind of sings a song does a dance and leaves the tent and they're all like (laughs) well i I guess i guess he's gone now yeah he starts to like perform like oh hey this is what i want you to perform to this chopper pilot and everyone's just like looking at him like what is happening the look on hawkeye and henry's faces was so so funny that was (laughs) peak just peak for me that was the peak of the episode that was amazing see this whole bit and i know it wasn't but how they ended this Feels like they didn't have an ending. So, like, Harry Morgan on the spot was like, hey, what if I just danced and left? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Doesn't it feel like like that? Having Harry Morgan do that was just so funny. But, yeah, no, I get what you mean of just, like, Harry Morgan's like, well, I got to wrap this up myself then in that case. And just, like, (laughs) went with it. Or, like, as if it was a different ending and harry morgan's like you know what no i'm just gonna do it this way and then he just danced and sang out of the tent he didn't sing this specifically but it was like hello my baby hello my darling hello my ragtime gal and then just like out he's gone yeah he's just left um i did think it was interesting though to back up a little bit that in the last two season openers, Hawkeye and Trepper were getting out of trouble by being good doctors. And in this one, Hawkeye was getting in trouble for being a good doctor. I also thought it was kind of um, subtle commentary and like a showcase of Hawkeye's character of like, hey, I'm going to do what's best for my patients um, because this kid is sick. Like they harped on the fact that he was really young um, mm-hmm. and he was going to do whatever it took to like save him regardless of like how much trouble it would get him in or what the army wanted him to do and stuff like that so i like that we still got it but in a different context i thought it was very funny and of course it turned into this whole like song and dance literally with the general so that was very funny such an odd way to end the episode there wasn't really a resolution at all and then what you're saying with the commentary in the little final scene before the credits that they do it said in the newspaper that uh, General Steele got promoted to a three-star general, <laughs> and I thought that was pretty biting commentary of, like, nobody in the army actually knows what they're doing. They promoted this, like, absolute lunatic of a man. That was pretty, <laughs> That was pretty like, brave of them to do, honestly, at the end of this one. Yeah, and the fact that he's stateside now, like, he's working in the Pentagon, but he's in, like, military intelligence like he's like basically running something i i didn't really get what it was but he definitely Mm -hmm. has like a higher up position but i guess like maybe that's good because at least he's like being watched now (laughs) at least he's got watchers (laughs) and you can't just like put people in danger like sending a army unit or sending a hospital up to the front lines for no reason so i don't know maybe it's for the best (laughs) a little failing upward right there um (laughs) But what did you think about the final scene? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> Where um Hawkeye, Henry, and Trapper are just like dancing around the swamp to the song that General Steele was dancing to. That was so funny. I loved it. It was a great way to end this episode. The whole song and dance thing is so weird, but like, honestly, I was here for every moment of it, except for like the weird racial implications. But as soon as he he started singing, as soon as they started singing, I'm like, ah, beautiful. That's pretty much everything I want from MASH right there. 
I thought that it was such a perfect encapsulation of the guys in this show of like Hawkeye and Trapper being goofballs and like singing and dancing. And then Henry joins in because like, why not? Henry loves a good time. And then Frank is trying to like not want to join in, (laughs) but he's subtly enjoying it anyway. And it's just it was just such a good ending scene Mm -hmm. to the first episode of this season. I loved it. Yeah. Good episode. Weird episode, very very strange way to to structure an episode, but uh, honestly, it works. Harry mm-hmm. Morgan's performance carried this thing pretty hard, and I can <laughs> see why they brought him back when it was time to like fill in the shoes of another character. You know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So going from that, do you have any trivia for us? I do. So I'm gonna hold off on trivia about Harry Morgan until we meet him again <laughs> at a later date. But I do have trivia for Teddy Wilson, who played the chopper pilot Marty Williams. So Wilson was born in Harlem in New York City and studied music at Florida A&M University before switching to drama. He had a really prolific guest star and recurring role career. Um, He was definitely one of those guys who you saw on TV and you're like, oh, man, I know him from somewhere. And I would also classify him as a MASH alum who was on MASH before they were like really famous. Oh, yeah? He had recurring roles on the show's Rollout, That's My Mama, Good Times, and Sanford Arms. He guest starred on several shows throughout the 70s, 80s, and 90s, including All in the Family, The Jeffersons, The Red Fox Show, Family Matters, and my personal favorite, Wings. I love that your personal favorite is Wings. (laughs) I'm a Wings girl, what can I say? And Wilson passed away in 1991, but was working right up until the end of his life. So I thought that that was really cool to have him uh, as a guest star on this show. Yeah, I really kind of liked him, actually. I wish there was more of him, because I like the scene of him and Trapper in the officer's club just hanging out. I was like, oh, I want Trapper to have more friends. I want there to be a bigger friend group in this show. (laughs) Yeah, we don't get it until later seasons, but I really like the side characters, like the recurring side characters in the show, and I wish that we got them more throughout the entire series, because I feel like they really bring something that's great to the show later on. Mm Mm-hmm. I also have a little bit of trivia for season three. Oh, boy. So season three had a Tuesday night time slot opposite movies that were being played on other networks like ABC and NBC. Between seasons two and three, Larry Gelbart and Gene Reynolds went to Korea to bring back firsthand information and stories about the Korean War. We discussed that in um, our 50th anniversary special that they had done that. And like we said, they brought back 22 hours of taped conversations to work with for the writing of the show for season three and also for the rest of the series. Gelbart said hearing those stories really made him value the people who were there and felt that those firsthand accounts were what helped the show to really reach its full potential. So we're going to get some really great episodes in this season. I'm looking forward to it. This is probably the season that I honestly remember the least about other than Mm -hmm. the the ending of it, which we'll get to, obviously. (laughs) But... That is really cool that they took this show so seriously to fly to Korea to do, like, research about it. Because, like we've said before, there's a lot of these, like, military comedy shows, but a lot of them don't take the, like, military story aspect of it seriously. Mm -hmm. And them going to Korea for their comedy show kind of really does speak to how much they're trying to do with the show at this point in time. Yeah, for sure. 100%. That's like dedication and commitment to telling the real story and trying to make it as 
real as possible while also giving it that comedic edge. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I just I really appreciate hearing that they took so much time to make the show so good. No, that's great. So, Ethan, what was your martini rating for season three, episode one? You know, this is a little bit of a hard rating because I didn't like love this episode, but I thought it was mm-hmm. like, a good episode. So I might have to go a little bit lower than I tend to. I might have to give this like a 3.5. I think this is like a fine episode, but nothing, nothing spectacular quite yet. Although I did like Harry Morgan's performance quite a lot. Like I said, a little bit weirdly structured to be like a great episode to me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I was going to give it like a 3, 3.5. I think that I would definitely give it a 3 now just because like even when i, go I always lower, have to go lower I'm than you, still higher than you. <laughs> it's true i do think that this was a three just because it was it was definitely above the average of a 2.5 but not by much because like the structure was a little bit weird and i think that harry morgan's performance just kind of saved it for me he carried this episode on his back <laughs> and he danced out of the mess tent with it <laughs> So, just to wrap up, we'd like to give thanks to Jacob for your Balco for being our technical consultant, Vanessa's sister, Melissa, for our awesome cover art, and, of course, our listeners. Links to our music, social media, and contact for the show are linked in the description, as always. And join us next week for Season 3, Episode 2, The Rainbow Bridge. But until then, trim your ingrown mustache. Goodbye, farewell, and amen. Bye, everyone. This episode was an utter mess, but like, whatever.